The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 699 for November 3rd, 2019. Google buys Fitbit, Apple announces the AirPods Pro, and troubles with iOS 13.2. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Your weekly podcast for the latest news, devices, and software in the mobile phone industry. More information can be found at thecellphonejunkie.com. Well, first in the news this week, Fitbit has agreed to be purchased by Google for $2.1 billion. Fitbit, of course, makes the activity tracking wearables, and having sold more than 100 million devices to date, the 28 million current active users will now be Google uh, customers. Google has its own Wear OS smartphone platform, uh, which integrates with its Google Fit activity and health tracking service. Google says it sees an opportunity to invest even more in Wear OS, as well as introducing made-by-Google wearable devices into the market. Now, for privacy, Fitbit says Fitbit will continue to put users in control of their data and will remain transparent about the data it collects and why. The company never sells personal information, and Fitbit health and wellness data will not be used for Google ads. Fitbit has also also pledged to continue supporting both iOS and Android moving forward. So if you're an iPhone user and you've got a Fitbit, uh, you, at least for the time being, uh, can rest assured that they will continue to support your device uh, on your device. AT&T this week introducing new unlimited plans that drop the live and on-demand TV packages included with their existing unlimited and, and more plans. Accounting for that and other minor changes, pricing stays the same. The unlimited plan choices and price points increase from two to three. On the uh, lower end, you've got the entry-level plan called the Unlimited Starter, it costs $65 a month for a single line that's down from $70 from the old Unlimited and More plan. Multi-line discounts can bring that down to $35 a month per line for an account with four lines. As for the plan, it replaces data, voice, and text are unlimited across the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, but video is limited to SD quality with mobile hotspot not allowed. Next step is the Unlimited Extra, replacing Unlimited and More Premium. The new plan is cheaper but does not include a premium streaming service of choice, nor HD video streaming. It does include everything in the starter plan plus 15 gigs of mobile hotspot. Unlimited Extra will run $75 a month. That's down from $80. Multi-line discounts bring it down to $40 a month when you've got four lines. Uh, those both launch on November 3rd. And then there's the top-end plan, AT&T's only unlimited plan to allow HD video streaming, also including 30 gigs of mobile hotspot data. Instead of the choice of premium streaming, HBO is included, and of course AT&T owns HBO. Unlimited Elite will cost $85 a month for a single line or as low as $50 a month for four lines. That plan will be available in the coming weeks. Now, all of the pricing cited is uh, after applying AT&T's discount for auto pay and paperless billing, uh, which was true of their existing plans. AT&T offers an additional 25% discount for military, veterans, and first responders and their families. So if you're an AT&T customer and you're looking to save a few dollars, uh, you might be able to do so with one of these new plans. And if you can take advantage of one of those discounts. Well, Verizon MVNO Visible has launched Party Pay this week. This is a new kind of discount for families and groups that works more like a simple discount or for a company, perhaps a referral program. Instead of grouping sharing in a joint account, each individual keeps their own account and pays their individual bill. They simply receive a discount for joining a group of up to four people, which any Visible customer can create and invite other Visible customers to join. The discount increases the larger the group is. $5 for each person that joins 
joins a group after the group is created. So each person in a four-person group would only pay $25 a month instead of the usual $40 without the party pay. Visible offers a single unlimited plan with service on Verizon's network. They've got no physical locations or offer uh, activation support uh, and any other services other than within the application itself. So, of course, as you know, and we've talked about before, I have Visible for a uh, kind of a, uh, a summer uh, getaway and was using that with a, a router to distribute the hotspot signal, which is still limited to the five megabits per second and absolutely loved it. Ended up using over 430 gigs since April on, on it. And of course, it worked great the entire time. 430 gigs, uh, April. So that would, we'll just call it six months. So you were averaging about 70 gigs per month. And if you think about that, it's from a a home networking standpoint, that's not actually all that much. Uh, That's something that you would probably do within just a couple of days, especially if you're doing any sort of streaming. So you were relatively efficient uh, with the use of the data. But at the same time, think about the last time that you used, say, even 10 you know, gigs of data on your, your smartphone plan. At least for me, that comes at on very rare occasions, uh, generally when I'm traveling multiple times in a month or if I'm using it for very specific purposes. And you were using 70 uh, you know, every single month. Right. And of course, at home, I you know, frequently exceed the terabyte, uh, t- terabyte uh, data uh, cap and of course have now changed to an, an unlimited business plan at home to uh, and, and I'm now I'm probably in the you know four or five terabyte uh, range that I'm using here so yeah that kind of data is not uh, much compared to home I did a lot of uh, local you know local streaming not using the internet but of course just you know working and uh, doing some some uh, limited streaming uh, you know got up to that much data but of course you know compared to the plans you just talked about on AT and T. That wouldn't even cover it with that, you know, the, the most expensive plan. Yeah, and and for forty dollars a month and, and all the way down to twenty five, that's a it's a pretty good deal if you're someone who can take advantage of uh, signing up or getting other customers to sign up and then grouping yourselves together on that party pay service. In device news, Apple this week announcing its AirPods Pro, a new premium wireless earbud solution. The headline feature is the addition of active noise cancellation or ANC to silence background noise. 200 times per second, the H1 chip uses the outer microphone to detect outside noise and generate a counter sound. It also uses an inner microphone to cancel any remaining background noise. An optional transparency mode allows outside sound in, but leaves just the right amount of noise cancellation active, so users can hear announcements and safety hazards. Uh, Unlike the AirPods, the Pro model is designed to seal against your ear canals. A special vent system equalizes pressure for comfort. Three sizes of silicone ear tips are included for and an ear tip fit test measures sound levels to tell you whether you're using the correct size or not. Adaptive EQ automatically tunes the low and mid frequencies of music to the shape of the individual's ear. The buds are controlled via new force sensors on the stem. Like standard AirPods, the new model responds to Siri requests. It also supports audio sharing and can be ordered uh, with custom engraving. The bud themselves uh, offer five hours of battery life. The included charging case, which supports Qi charging, offers up to 24 hours of total battery life. 
The AirPods Pro are available to order online for $250. They'll start shipping and will be available, or they did start shipping this week on October 30th, and they are available in stores. I did do a check uh, late this week, and they are now on a couple-week delay, so it still looks like you'll be able to get them, though, in the month of November if you choose to order them. Now, considering that the second-generation AirPods just came out a few months back, let's talk about the main differences that you get for the extra $100 for the AirPods Pro. That active noise cancellation is described by Apple as an incredibly light noise-canceling headphone. Uh, AirPod AirPods Pro block out your environment so you can focus on what you're listening to. They use two microphones, an outward-facing mic and that inward-facing mic to create that noise cancellation. As far as that audio transparency mode, that lets users listen to what's happening around them. Uh, This obviously works really well if you're in a place where you need to hear announcements such as a train or a plane, or if you're doing things like running or cycling or maybe even exercising in a busy spot. Uh, Now, as far as the durability, they do have IPX4 water and sweat resistance. Uh, Well, the first gen and second gen AirPods have been shown to withstand sweat. Uh, AirPods Pro are officially water and sweat resistant. Per the IP code, they have protection for up to 10 minutes of water or sweat, sweat splashing on the wireless earphones. Now on that adaptive EQ, this is kind of interesting. Apple says the feature automatically tunes music to the shape of the ears for rich, consistent listening experiences and offers superior sound quality. And they do that as well by joining those uh, earbuds with three sets of tips. And this is something that for those that use any sort of in-ear headphones that are premium, you'll know that you've got different types of tips that come with them that you use to figure out depending on the size of ear canal that you have. So uh, that's nice to see that they've done that. And I love this idea of uh, this this test that they offer with it, this uh, ear tip fit test that allows you to check and see uh, based on what the, the sounds that are coming out of it. They basically make that decision and say, hey, this is either working or it's not. Uh, now, other features uh, include improved controls with a new force sensor with the AirPods Gen 1 and Gen 2, the only two options to customize for the double tap uh, or for the double tap of the left and the right AirPods. Uh, AirPods Pro controls uh, include a single, double, and triple tap, as well as press and hold to switch between ANC and transparency mode. Controls have also been tweaked, so you press once to play, pause, or answer a call, twice to skip forward, and three times to switch backwards. And then, of course, you press and hold the switch to, to switch between those two modes. Uh, the uh, Siri command also works to do things like play songs, make calls, or ask for directions. Uh, also, the nice surprise is the inclusion in the box of a USB to lightning cable with the AirPods Pro. Well, the AirPods come with a traditional USB-A to lightning cable. So if you have a modern Mac uh, or an AirPod, or excuse me, a, uh, a new iPod, iPod, iPad, iPad uh, that has the USB-C on it, you can charge these cables uh, directly by plugging in. So that's a nice thing. Uh, and as far as how they compare to uh, the AirPods for size and weight, the Pro variant is shorter, but slightly deeper and wider. Weight-wise, they're a little bit heavier, uh, 5.4 grams compared to the 4 grams for the AirPods. Uh, but uh, I never really had an issue. I don't have an issue with the Air- current AirPods, so I can't imagine that these uh, just being a tad heavier would be an issue either. So you're probably not going to run out to upgrade uh, soon, but I'm sure this is the model you'd get when you do up. Uh, well, when you do uh, need to replace your current AirPods, like when the batteries start to go out. Yeah, indeed. I right now have uh, only had my current AirPods for about a year, or so I think I've probably got two. Uh, you know, or at least another year, maybe two that I can go with them. 
Uh, but I, t- to your point, I'm not running out to get them. I've got the Beats X headphones, uh, which work uh, quite well uh, for the, the very narrow use case that is on a plane for me uh, half a dozen times a year at most, and that's about the only time I use them. So I do use the AirPods a lot, and to your point, uh, almost certainly we'll get the Pro version, but I'm thinking it's probably a year or so out unless something were to happen, which could happen as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, they are, they're, they're kind of neat. They're very expensive. Uh, I've never spent $250 on a pair of headphones before. Generally, I find uh, whether I'm going with Shure's or some other you know, premium brand, I find something that's a little bit on the lower end side and also go with maybe an older model or find a discount on one of them. Never go with, with something this expensive. So that would be a little bit difficult to stomach, but I do appreciate just how well they work and how well they're integrated. So I uh, love being able to switch between the uh, iPhone and the iPad specifically uh, to uh, to be able to use them. So uh, AirPods Pro is here. Now, another Apple device news, while running a year behind most flagship smartphones in supporting 5G, a new report this week says that next year's iPhones will have the most advanced 5G chip on the market. The report echoes earlier ones in stating that all three 2020 iPhones will be 5G compatible. Uh, but with a few more specifics, Nikkei Asian Review cites four unnamed sources saying all three of the new iPhones will carry the most advanced 5G modem chip known as X55 that is designed by U.S. mobile chip developer Qualcomm. Uh, the chip, which enables much faster downloads, faces an, such an increase in demand that there could only that there could be supply constraints. One person added. Nikkei's sources uh, are also support multi multiple reports that the A series chip for next year's iPhones will use the five nanometer process. The iPhones will also feature Apple's latest generation uh, processor known as A14, and it will have the world's most advanced five nanometer chip technology made by Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. Currently, only Apple and Huawei have plans to use this chip production technology for next year. Nikkei also corroborates multiple reports of time and flight 3D sensors for the rear camera. In addition, Apple is developing a new 3D sensing rear camera that can sense and the environment to detect objects for applications such as augmented reality games. The iPhone was the first to introduce 3D sensing facial recognition in its front camera in 2017. Moving on to Android news, at its annual developer conference this week, Samsung teased a new folding screen form factor that it's working on. The device resembles a tall, standard smartphone that folds in half like an old clamshell phone to form something small and square when closed. The example design uh, was shown as a single-centered hole punch in the top of the display for the selfie camera. No other details were announced, and Samsung offered a similar tease months before announcing its Galaxy Fold model. Razer uh, this week also launching two new phones uh, and these new phone accessories uh, focused on the gamer market. So you've got the Hammerhead True Wireless Earbuds and the Jungle Cat, which is a dual-sided gaming controller. Both are designed to work with the company's own Razer 2 phone as well as other phones. Both Jungle Cat includes cases to fit the Samsung Galaxy Note 9, Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus, as well as the Razer Phone 2. The Jungle Cat can be used uh, attached to one of these three phones or attached to a dedicated controller grip and used with any Android phone or Windows PC. It uses Bluetooth Low Energy and charges via USB-C. The Hammerhead earbuds use a customized Bluetooth 
Bluetooth 5.0 uh, connection for ultra-low latency of just 60 milliseconds. The earbuds offer three hours of battery life and 15 hours with the included charging case, which charges via USB-C. The buds also support touch controls, voice assistant compatibility, and IPX4 water rating resistance. Uh, the compatible, they're compatible with both Android and iOS with the app available on both platforms. Uh, both the Jungle Cat and Hammerhead True wireless earbuds are available for $100 each. Sprint revealing its launch details for the new LG G8X ThinQ with its unique dual-screen accessories. Uh, as we have previously reported, the companies are offering a free dual-screen accessory via rebate. That promotion is available until the 9th of January for any new Sprint customer that leases or purchases a G8X. The free dual-screen will ship from LG within six weeks, and Sprint is offering the LG G8X for $750. Special pricing is available to new customers, existing customers that are upgrade eligible and customers that are adding a line. Those customers can get the G8X for $15 a month on a Sprint Flex lease uh, for 18 months. Uh, and the G8X ThinQ will be available for pre-order starting November 1st, full availability on November 8th. The G8X has a Snapdragon 855 chip, standard and wide-angle rear cameras, 32-megapixel selfie camera, 4,000 milliamp-hour battery, in-display fingerprint reader, 3.5-millimeter headphone jack, IP68 water resistance, NFC, and wireless charging. The Snap-on dual screen sports a full HD OLED screen identical to that on the G8X. It also has an extra cover display on the outside. The dual screen hinge folds to a full 360 degrees. In software news, Apple Monday officially released iOS 13.2 and iPadOS 13.2 to the public. This comes after beta testing throughout the past month, and 13.2 includes a new deep fusion camera technology for the iPhone 11 and iPhone 11 Pro, which we heard about back when those devices were announced. New emoji and more were also announced. tvOS 13.2 also now is available. There is over 60 new emoji and emoji variations in the new software. Apple first previewed the emoji over the summer, and they're now available to everyone. In total, the new 2019 emoji includes 59 new characters that make up 75 total variations when gender options are taken into account, and 230 options when skin tone options are included. iOS 13.2 also includes the announced messages with Siri feature that was originally meant for iOS 13 that allows Siri to read messages back when you're connected to AirPods or other headphones with Apple's H1 chip. iOS 13.2 also includes new Siri privacy settings that allow you to opt in or out of sharing your Siri interactions with Apple. You'll see a new splash screen the first time you boot into iOS 13.2 asking for that preference. And finally, 13.2 includes support for the just-announced AirPods Pro. This includes settings for transparency and active noise cancellation modes. Uh, at this uh, very interesting software update, we'll talk about it in just a second, but alongside it, Apple also released iOS 12.4.3, uh, and the company says this provides important security updates and is recommended for all users. Um, this is a, a very important update, so if you happen to be somebody who has uh, an older device, so this means a fifth uh, iPhone 5 or iPad 4th generation, uh, which is running iOS 10.3.4, or an iPhone 4S, iPad mini first gen, uh, or an iPad third generation Wi-Fi plus cellular, that would be iOS 9.3.6. You've got to get this update today. Uh, otherwise, you won't be able to back up and restore uh, your, your, your device moving forward. And even further than that, you're going to have other issues with functionality of the device. Well, it won't actually work at all. Um, past today with the over-the-air update, 
or anything on the device. Nothing will work on the device. So you'll have to connect to your computer with iTunes uh, or the Mac uh, Catalina with the new Finder and update the software through that process, through the USB. Uh, otherwise, it just won't work. There's a, a GPS uh, rollover issue is what's happened. Uh, so basically, all the certificates become invalid on the device. So nothing will work because of security issues because it's lost its time. Uh, and of course, uh, not only these updates are very, very unusual for Apple to update older devices like this once they're no longer support. The update to iOS 12 is exceptionally unusual as well after the fact that we've got uh, iOS 13 out as well for the, the 5S and the 6 and the other devices. Yeah, and you know, the thing that I'm like most kind of I was not concerned about with this, but worried about when I hear about something like this is that you had an update that is is clearly critical. There are going to be people that don't get this update on older devices. And uh, as I'm looking through this list, I've got a third generation uh, iPad that I've got to go and take care of tonight. So uh, that's something that I would not have thought about um, if I weren't wouldn't have found this piece of information and for the information to talk about on the show. And so th this is going to cause all sorts of different issues. There has been coverage in the mainstream media of this issue, but it's it hasn't been, uh, you know, top of uh, the list of things to do, I think, because just most people are, are using later devices. But if you happen to have one of these old things and I think really where it's going to come into play is like kids where they're using somebody's older device and all of a sudden it doesn't work. And uh, yeah, so to your point, uh, the, the main issues that they talk about are like the App Store, iCloud, email, web browsing. So basically anything to connected to the Internet is where you're going to have the problem. Yeah, exactly. And that is rough. And I think it will really be quite a, a big effect. And of course, what's kind of strange, it took Apple until this week to get these updates out. This should have been something they did months ago uh, to get this update out uh, to fix this GPS issue, because this is definitely a, a known problem in this rollover that happens and it actually affects all kinds of older gps devices uh you know like if you have a bunch of older ones laying around they don't frequently work after these uh, certain dates uh the certain time rolls over because they didn't use large enough uh registers for the it's like the number of seconds or minutes beyond whatever date it is and devices become confused on the date because they have to divide out uh, based on the year and, and everything. So it, it actually takes down a lot of different devices uh, that use GPS uh, in totally, you know, odd things like, you know, cars and boats and, and just even standalone GPS devices. So when I look at uh, the, the list here of devices, I mean, it's to your point, it's, a, it's, it's odd to see an iOS 12 update. Uh, but then there's these other uh, updates that are, that are there for iOS 10 and even iOS 9. Uh, so these are very old devices. These are devices that were sold back in like 2012. Um, and so ultimately got got updates over, you know, these subsequent, you know, three, four years. Uh, but these are still very old devices and, and ones that you're probably not thinking about. And, um, you know, even more than that, if, even if you have one of these and you're not using it, um, you go and pull it out of a drawer at some point to power it up and you're going to not be able to do anything with it. And you're going to have to go in and figure out how to, to do a, a backup and restore over uh, your computer. And it's just, it's going to be a hassle. So if you have a device, hopefully you have got the show tonight and, and you can go and deal with it because otherwise you might be out of luck here if you're listening to it as, as recently as tomorrow, even 12 hours from now. And I'm curious if my iPod Touch uh, fourth generation that has iOS 6 on it, uh, if that'll work still or not, if or if that's just done for now at this point. 
It, it, yeah, it very well could be. I mean, this is, <laughs> these are very old. So let's, uh, that is very old. So let's, let's go back here to 13.2. So 13.2 comes out this week. And, um, for whatever reason, I, I think maybe it's just the, the way that you, I kind of feel about these. When we get these point releases, uh, I feel like the software is a little bit more mature and everyone that we get feels like we should be at another step. You've got these incremental things that come out for, you know, software bugs uh, and stuff that, you know, quick fixes that they have to make. But then you get the, the point release and, and it feels like you've got something that is it, it should be working a lot better. Uh, I, I feel like we have taken a few steps back with with this point release. And, and, and I say a few, but really one main one. And that is this issue where background applications are closed almost instantly when you switch away from them. And it's, I'm not somebody who does background refreshing of applications. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the operating system keeping an application in a state of standby when it sw- when you switch away from it so that you can go back to it and you're in the same spot. This is apparent in things like a web page. When you're reading a web page and you go away to do something and you want to come back to it, you want to be at the same spot at that web page. Same thing with applications where you're working on a specific piece of data or a specific thing in that application, uh, whether it's writing an email, working on a, editing a note uh, or something like that. And you, you switch away and you come back to it and it's almost, it's refreshed the application and it puts you back into uh, a state of, I'll just say starting. And, and that can be very frustrating. And I've, I've seen a number of reports of this being an issue. What I haven't seen is any sort of resolution to this other than this is just part of the new you know world that is 13.2. Well, it is, and it's obviously something really wrong with the memory management. Something has gone wrong. They probably rushed this release because of the iPad or the uh, AirPod Pro uh, announcement. Of course, that support is built into there, so they probably have to now integrate a bunch of fixes they had done for the 13.1.3 or whatever ver- version we were at. Now put them into the next, uh, you know, the next version of 13.2 to try to fix things up and. Of course, I'm sure they will fix it up, but I've seen <clears throat> seen that with my iPad where it's it's just awful. It basically has no multitasking unless you're actually running multiple applications at the same time. Then it handles it okay. But if you do uh, if you you know do a full screen app and change uh, because not a uh, not every application supports multitasking, it just loses it. Yeah, and that was also uh, thinking back to it. I think the update came out on Monday. So I probably did the update actually on Tuesday itself. Uh, and I mentioned to Joey before the show, I spent the entire day on Wednesday um, working exclusively on my iPad for an extended period of time. And that was another one of the things that was was frustrating to me among the actual just using the iPad as a eight hour a day computer uh, was uh, the fact that I couldn't switch away and I was trying to do things. Um, and, and so ultimately I, I would was trying to come up with the different multi, uh, you know, window screens, the split view screens that would kind of make the most sense. Uh, because when I was switching away from stuff, it was refreshing it. So it was stuff like, you know, windows uh, of mail on one side or outlook on one side and Evernote on the other side. I think I had one that was outlook on one side and messages on the other side. And it just, it, it was kind of silly, but also I felt like it was almost necessary. And, and this this shouldn't be like this, and it's it's got to get addressed. And um, you know the the other stuff though, um, I've been seeing just kind of more glitches that have come through with this software that doesn't make any sense. Like I was just looking at one earlier. It's something I've never seen where I was I I've got a keyboard to my iPad and I was switching back and forth between 
tabs and the or different app apps and the screen was only like three quarters of the screen was the app. So there was this massive black bar and everything got crunched down. Yeah, I, never, I saw that a bunch of times too. With with 13.2 or you just have yep, seen that? Yep, with 13.2. Yeah, and I, I don't, like, where did that come from? I've never seen that bug in any version of iOS. Um, you know, batteries, uh, the, I, I don't even know what to say about the battery at this point. I feel like I'm just using it more. Uh, my device is more, so it's hard to say there's other, you know, factors in play here. Uh, but... Um, not not having great great battery life either, um, and so it's just all these things add up to just kind of a, a just a, a wariness to this update thirteen uh, version thirteen has has really not been great over the last uh, you know last couple of months. So um, we'll just you know continue to hope that they they provide updates here and uh, and keep going from there. On the wearable side, Apple on Tuesday releasing watchOS 6.1 following a few rounds of developer testing. This includes performance improvements and brings watchOS 6 to the Apple Watch Series 1 and 2. Those were excluded from the original release of watchOS 6 last month. And at the time, Apple said the update would come sometime in the fall. 6.1 introduces support for the AirPods Pro and improves uh, includes improvements and bug fi- fixes that also brings, as we mentioned, that update to these to basically the entire line of the Apple Watch Sans these Series Zero. So they still didn't include the pill reminder feature that they had promoted at WWDC. It's still missing with no word on if it's coming still or what's wrong with that. So that's uh, irritating. But this was the very first time I updated the watch software from the watch itself. I was able to go into general and hit uh, check for software update and prompt the update from the watch. Uh, so I did not do that. Uh, and when you did that, you you did it, it did you have to have it still on the charger uh, to do that? Or how not did that to, work? Not to kind of initiate it, but yes, in order for it to complete, it did need to be on the charger. Yeah, I, I don't like that. That kind of frustrates me. It seems like there, there should be a, a, a I'll say a halfway, you know, like say batteries above fifty percent, and and you can do that. I know they don't. Uh, the iPhone doesn't allow it to be updated if the battery's below a certain percentage, um, and of course it, it needs to be on Wi-Fi. That's fine, but having the charger is just kind of a pain requirement because it means that uh, maybe you're wherever you are, you can't necessarily do it. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm. There, I know there are people out there that like to get the updates very quickly, and so you got to wait till you get home unless you carry a charger with you all the time, which most people don't for their watch. So, anyway, uh, but the uh, ver- point is, is the version new version is now out. In other software from Apple, in a surprise announcement on Tuesday, Apple announced its first bundle deal for Apple TV. So, if you're an Apple Music subscriber uh, on a student plan, uh, $4.99 per month is your fee, and Apple will also give you Apple TV Plus at no additional charge. The news was announced on. Uh, Holly Steinfeld's uh, Instagram page, who stars in Dickinson. Uh, Apple TV Plus launches this Friday, uh, this past Friday. Details of the offer are not entirely clear, so we'll uh, talk about this a little bit more, I guess, as we push through it. But the student subscription covers only a single person, of course, uh, and it will get you'll be able to get it then for the $4.99 that you get uh, when you are an Apple Music subscriber. Uh, standard Apple Music subscribers who are $10 a month for individuals or $15 for families do not get the discount. Obviously, a great way to get students hooked on these services. So when you come out of college, uh, 
the intent uh, may be that you just continue to pay full price into your adult years if you happen to be an Apple Music and Apple TV subscriber. I mean, that that's kind of what's going to happen, right? That's uh, that's what they're hoping for, at least. That, yeah, that's right. Uh, Microsoft planning several updates to its Outlook application for the iPhone and iPad. As explained by The Verge, Microsoft will roll out features such as iPad split view, smart folders, and more on the Outlook application over the coming weeks. With split view support, you can run Outlook alongside other apps on your iPad. So you can have Outlook open in one instance and browse in Safari at the same time. Microsoft also says that it will soon support drag and drop on iOS or iPad OS. For both the iPhone and iPad, Outlook is also adding its own do not disturb feature, meaning you can silence notifications based on certain times of the day, including support for customizing work days and hours. Do not disturb will silence email notifications on a scheduled basis or even by just selecting an option like until tomorrow if you're not feeling like answering work emails at all hours of the night. Other new features coming to Outlook on iPad and iPhone include integration with LinkedIn and a new smart folders feature. The smart folders feature will learn how you organize your emails and automatically start suggesting that you move certain emails into certain folders. These features will start rolling out over the coming weeks. You can download Outlook and iOS through uh, for iOS and iPadOS from the App Store for free. So what I was a little confused about with this was that split view support. So you can run Outlook in split view right yes. now. You can you can put up messages, you can put up something next to it. I think maybe the nuance is that you can't duplicate it. So I think I, I made the comment that I, I had it in multiple apps. You can't do that, but I think you can take and do uh, it in one with something else, but only just you one. You can, exactly. And of course, that the other feature that's new to the uh, iOS 13 and iPad OS is to be able to run multiple windows of the same application. So that's you can I mean. actually, yeah, conceivably have two emails open at the same time. Yeah, and it would be nice to start to see that drag and drop functionality. Um, you know, I would love to see that, especially from uh, the being able to move attachments into the files application um, so that I could save things off to certain places. Right now, you're basically limited to saving it to, I think it's a, the attachments folder um, or that, that you have in OneDrive. And so when you, which is certainly convenient, but then you got to go in and you got to move it. And I'd rather just be able to save it, you know, a little bit quicker. Yes, I know the share sheet is available, but uh, when you've got kind of that, that quicker, just drag it and drop it, especially if you are using the, the slide over, uh, that would be really nice to be able to do. So that's one thing I've started using this week was slide over. So I just have two applications it kind of docked in that look, that space. One is messages. The other is Google voice. And so as I'm doing things, I will slide over and, and do things in messages and not have it in the split view on the screen all the time. Uh, if I can just keep it in slide over. So kind of an interesting thing from a getting a little bit smarter of how I'm working with it, but uh, obviously updates with new features like this, these are always, uh, you know, uh, you know, welcome uh, with the exception of if they introduce different bugs, because uh, those are never great. Uh, but love to uh, love to see different things like this getting added, especially as it kind of brings it a little bit further up into, um, you know, with in parity with the features that you get in mail. I still argue that Outlook is b a better email program and it handles things better, less formatting issues, less bugs, uh, more stable uh, than mail. But there are still a, a few of those little quirky things that I, I would love to, to have to, to certainly use it more as a power user features. Well, uh, finally today, Samsung has begun rolling out a software update for its S10 series phones that adds some of the advanced features first introduced in the Note 10 series. Those include live focus video, AR Doodle, and Samsung DeX for PC. 
Well, no questions or comments this week, but if you have anything for us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com or give us a call, 650-999-0524, and we'll get whatever you have to say on a future show. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.